Hello everybody and welcome to Roar. It is Sam Spellman here and I am super excited, super excited for the conversation. Um, today we're going to keep it as, uh, not monotone, but like straight up just conversational as possible. I'm going to see how consistent I can keep my tone. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully I don't get too uh, boisterous here, but we'll have fun with it. No, anyway, thank you so much for listening to the to the podcast. My name is Sam, um, and this show is called Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. If this is your first time listening in, thank you for, for being a part of the conversation. Um, if, this, if you've listened before, welcome back. We, we get into uh, the Word of God a little bit in this show, just read some scripture, talk about it, let the Holy Spirit put some put some sauce on it, and uh, just take take the word in, in bite sized chunks. Um, I found that in my life, when I've I've read the word, going over certain uh, sections, um, reading everything in context, but then going back and just kind of letting those points that have been highlighted, those little sections, really impact my heart and understanding those sections. Um, that way, I'm not just sitting there having read, you know, 20 pages and being like, I have no idea what I just read. So anyway, that's that's kind of the goal of the, of the podcast, just to break down some things and take things in, in chunks here. But today we got a cool little uh, conversation, I think, planned. Um, I was reading something else. Actually, this is my, I've tried to record this a few times, and this is uh, what the, the Lord just said. I want you to go read this. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. I'm going to be obedient and... We're going to see what what goodness happens up. I'm kind of excited for this. This is kind of new for me, you know? Sometimes I'll, I go into these with a, a like full-on plan. And other times, kind of like today, it's like, I just want you to read this. You just hear that in your heart. You know, you hear that in your spirit. You're like, all right, well, let's, let's do that. So this is what I, I heard to read. So we're going to read Psalm 23. Now, this, this psalm here, I was, I was looking through it here right before I hit the record button. This is uh, considered, I would say, a classic psalm. This is one I think that's quoted a lot, like Psalm 91. It's just a lot of uh, verses in it are kind of like, hang on your wall, put on your pillow verses. Um, ones that, you know, you'll you'll find on a t-shirt or whatever, you know, that, that kind of um, quote or verse. And again, that doesn't demean the power from it, but it just means they're, they're, they're like household verses, I guess you'd call them. They're a little bit more common. And if you've never read Psalm 23, well, get ready. It's about to get cool. I'm just going to read all the way through it. It's really short. It's literally only five verses. So we're just going to read it. And then you'll you'll hear if, if I was right about all the, the pillow quotes. First one says this, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Right, that right there, ding, 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 that should be your first pillow quote. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table, f- uh, you prepare, excuse me, a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. 
Bob's your uncle. Booyah. That is, uh, that's pretty good stuff in there. Um, I think we're going to start here. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus said, those that are of the truth, they will hear my voice. He also said, my sheep hear my voice. So that, um, shepherd, sheep, you know, kind of, uh, discussion is something that is very uh, continu- continuity. It's it's throughout the Bible. All right, it's it's not something new. It's not something strange. You know this this discussion of being sheep and and shepherd and and unfortunately, I think a lot of that, due to a lot of pop culture, has kind of been like thrown in this like weird zone. There's been a, a, a decent bit of media and things that have kind of you know, gone against the idea of being a sheep and a shepherd and it being like cultish to be like sheep to sh- and and the world just gets weird. Deception's always going to try to pervert something that's that's a true thing that's holy. Um because we are like sheep. You know, we're following Jesus, we're following the Lord. He's the one who comforts you. Continue to read on in this. It says he makes me lie in green pasture. In other words, the Lord's the one that provides a place for me to ha- to live. God's the one who provides, you know, the earth, right? He made the earth. God owns it by right of creation. He made everything in the earth. He made you. He made me. So he, he's he got a little bit of say in the matter, don't you think? Right? So the Lord, he, he makes, but he makes everywhere that I've, I've, I've chosen maybe to live. You know, the land that I live upon, where my house is at, even where my apartment building might be at. That land, that ground was made by God. He made it. So strictly, naturally speaking, he made every bit of pastures or everywhere that I could even choose to habitate. Habitate? I think I don't know if that's the proper word for that, but choose to inhabit. There we go. That's the word. He says he leads me beside still waters. He provides, you know, not only a food, right? If you're a sheep, you got food to eat with the with the grass, but you also have waters to drink. There's there's this idea of a, of a place to live that's provided, sustenance to eat, water to drink, right? Your needs being met, right? And physically, that's verse two. Now, verse three, he goes and says, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, this directly connects two things. It connects righteousness and our soul's health um, and our soul being restored. You know, it's it's something that is connected to the leading of God in righteousness, now the Bible says this in uh, I believe it's it's either First Corinthians or First Colossians. I unfortunately get those two mixed up. If you listen to this podcast, sometimes I'll I'll mix those two chapters up. But one of those two talks about Jesus being our righteousness, our wisdom, our sanctification. Right? All right. So in that, that means Christ is my righteousness. Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. Early Christians in the book of Acts were called followers of the way. So when you're reading this, verse 3 says, He restores my soul and He leads me in the paths of righteousness. You could say He leads me in the ways of righteousness. In other words, He leads me in Christ in righteousness. He leads me in the way Christ did life. So when you look at Jesus, he he's not only our Savior, but He's also our example. So Him being in this example, that means, excuse me, Him being in this example position, in this place of 
exampleness, right? Him being the 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 pinnacle, the the man who was perfect, a fulfilled man, who who always trusted the Father till the very end, right? That example is directly connected to righteousness. Jesus was a righteous man, right? So as we begin to walk with him and begin to agree and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? We're in it. We're in the new covenant. You know, where in the old uh, Old Testament, a lot of times things were spoken through prophets. There was a lot of signs and wonders that were established. You know, you see the Israelites, they're coming out of Egypt and there's, you know, fiery tornadoes and by, by uh, daytime and nighttime, like there's this, there's these leadings, there's these supernatural, the Red Sea like splits open, right? There's a lot of these physical manifestations of God communicating, but that only goes so far as far as communications held. When Jesus ascends to heaven, he says, I'm going to go, but it's better that I go because then the Spirit's able to come because then the Holy Spirit is able to come. I'm going to send one just like myself, right? When we become God inside minded, right? When you're born again, you're not only, you know, getting your sins forgiven and your, your debt being cleared, but you're also receiving the Spirit of God. You're receiving the the life of God and your spirit is getting completely transformed into a new creation, right? That is like, you, you've become a new thing. You're no longer a dead man walking, you know, in the stretch of, the, of your, your soul being dead, but you now have life inside of you. You have the seed of life, put inside of you and that seed begins to grow by the spirit because the bible says god is spirit so the seed you receive it's a spiritual seed so how do you how do you water a spiritual seed well the holy spirit the bible says this some sow some water but god gives the increase how do we increase in righteousness how do i increase in my you know my mental solical how does that increase well it comes by the Lord. It comes by the Holy Spirit. That seed which is received begins to grow, right? Let's, uh, I'm, I can just feel some of you guys maybe getting a little lost and trying to phrase this and say this. Sometimes is you. I'm trying to k- hit all my angles here, but the Holy Spirit just brought this up, so check this out. Jesus said this. There's a parable that Jesus speaks, and it's called the parable of the sower. Again, this is like classic Bible, okay? Um, he goes and he talks about a man who scatters seeds. His kingdom's like a man who goes and scatters seed. Some of the soil was hard. Some of the soil had uh, thorns that choked out whatever was grown in it. Some soil had uh, birds that came and took off. Some soil got scorched by the heat. And then some soil was good soil. And that good soil had everything flourish and grow in it. He then, this parable is actually talking about the heart of man, okay? You and I, again, we're three-part being. We have a spirit, soul, and a body. The heart is like our soul and spirit. So that inner man, that inner dialogue that's going on, all that like inside stuff, right? You might say, well, Sam, you know, how do I know that that's even a real thing, right? How is it like, it's not like a physical thing. Well, no, but you can't see a thought, yet it's just as real as your foot, right? So this this inner dialogue, the heart of man, right, is compared to dirt. It's compared to soil. And the heart of man can get convoluted where there's thorns and thistles and things that choke up that true seed that's trying to grow, right? The kingdom of God is like a seed 
the life of God, the gospel of Jesus. It's a seed. It's a, it's a, it's a pocket of truth. We have the responsibility of cultivating the garden of our heart. You know, not letting certain things in. That's why you read in the Old Testament, they were so strict to the Jews about what they let in their house, what they ate, what they did, what they did, because all of those things were an outward working of how specific and how strict they needed to be on keeping their heart clean. Jesus in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 actually adds to some of those old commandments, those old statements of things that they were to do, that they were to hold their lives to, those standards of living. And he then takes them a step further and takes them from just a physical outward manifestation to an inward manifestation. Whereas before he said, um, like, for instance, is you, you were said, do not uh, commit adultery. But I say to you, he who looks at a woman lustfully commits adultery. In other words, so it went from just a physical, outward, you know, natural doing something to a heart doing something, being under the same kind of stricter guidelines. It's that same kind of uh, reality where whenever the gospel comes and lands, it's very real when that seed, when you're born again, that is a spiritual seed that is planted in your heart. Now that seed is going to grow because God grows like anything you put in the dirt outside, it's going to grow. You put a piece of wood. Why does wood rot when you put it in the ground? Because the dirt's going to grow it. Whatever you put in the dirt, it's going to try to grow it. It's the same thing in our lives and in our hearts. Anything we put in our heart, we're going to try to grow it. Words that we put in our heart, right? Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. The Bible says, you know, God is spirit. He is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all, right? So there's these different descriptors, but that spirit element being like words, the gospel, when you share the gospel or the good news of Jesus, you talk about how Jesus saved you, you talk about the, the goodness of God, you read the word of God, God chose words to be the capsules or seeds of the spirit. So these words that are coming in our heart, what we listen to specifically, or what we see, right? These gates to our heart these windows to our soul, what we let in, those things can begin to grow. It's, that's why Proverbs says the, 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 um, the company of fools destroys a person. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you're around people who speak foolishly, act foolishly, you know, people that are constantly, let's just use this example, just cussing up a storm, like cussing like straight up sailors, right? We're not to curse as believers in God. Jesus didn't walk around dropping F-bombs, right? I just, sorry, I don't think it was happening. That cursing, the Bible says blessing ought to come out of our mouth, not cursing. James talks about, does a, a spring gush forth salt water and fresh water? It doesn't. So anyway, cursing, something we just, we shouldn't be doing. But if I'm around people, that just constantly curse, or I'm watching videos on my phone, people that are constantly cursing. I'm listening to music that has slang in it, has, you know, provocative cursing. If I'm listening to that all the time, and that is all that I'm pumping in my ears, or that's all that I'm pumping in my eyes, what do you think's going to grow in my heart? I'm going to start thinking those words. And by the time I start thinking them, then whenever I begin to start speaking them, it can become a really bad habit, right? 
when it's still in that kind of baby stage in your heart, you still got time to like really pluck that thing out. But sometimes when you begin acting on things or speaking out things, they become a lot more established and you really, sometimes it becomes a little bit harder. It's a lot easier just to pluck the seed up, pluck that little, little baby sapling that's trying to, to, to stick out there before it becomes this massive oak tree in your life. You can understand what I'm saying? So there's this spiritual reality. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, right? God is good. He does things for you, but he also upholds his goodness. He is, he is bound to his word. So even where we might have failed, his word never fails. You can understand what I'm saying there? Whenever you read that section, Again, I'm, I'm trying not to bounce too far around. We're still talking about, you know, your heart, your soul. But this is the verse we were reading. We were talking about the Lord being the one that lifted us up. Psalm 23, he restores my soul. You know, how does the soul get restored? We kind of been talking about that. So this second part of that, uh, that verse in verse three, he talks about paths of righteousness. Again, Jesus being the example, the spirit of God that's been given inside of us that helps us to walk this example of Christ, right? It says this for his namesake. Now, this little section here is connected to verse six. And I'm going to kind of connect these two thoughts here. The fact that he does it for his namesake, that can sound impersonal. Um, I know the first time I read it, it, it sounded kind of impersonal to me. Um, I was like, well, if God's just doing everything for his namesake, why does he even, it doesn't even sound like he cares. He's just doing it for himself, right? That's, it's really easy just to get, but hear me out on this. Listen to this. If God's doing it for his namesake, in other words, he's upholding this, not just for you, but for the, the validation or the integrity of his word or his words. You know, um, my dad, uh, he heard it from his dad, but he's, this is something he would tell me. He said, Sam, you're only as good as your word. You know, if, if your word isn't valuable, if you say you're going to do something and you just don't do it and people know that you're not going to do it, you might say, oh yeah, I'll see you on Friday, but you'd never show up, right? You're not good on your word. You have no integrity. And if that's the case, then people can't trust and people can't believe what you say right? But if you uphold your word, if you do it for your namesake, you know, so your word or your name is upheld, then that's different. Think about it that way. If the Lord's doing things for his namesake, he's doing it so the integrity of who he is can never come into question. His faithfulness, his goodness, his love for us, yet while we were sinners, he sent his son. So he did things for his namesake before we ever did anything for him which means we can 100% trust his word because he's not just doing it for me, but he's doing it because that's who he is. He's good to me because that's who he is, right? That's why you read in this Psalm later on, he says this, actually, I'll just read verse five and six, the last two, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Now that anointing the head with oil, back to the sheep talk. You have, uh, when sheep, they would get their head stuck in the briars in the thicket. So shepherds would put like oil on the top of their head so their wool and their head wouldn't get stuck in the thorns or in the fences or things. So they would be able to slip so they wouldn't get stuck and get hurt and cut open their head. Now think about how the Lord anoints our minds and our hearts and our soul. Right? They talk about the anointing of God, that anointing. The Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke, 
right? And not like the egg yolk, but like the yolk like an oxen would wear on their shoulders when they're trudging a cart. It breaks off that cart, that death, that work that you just, you have to put in if you're not in the grace of God. It breaks those things. The anointing breaks off those addictions, those pains, those those hurts, right? So this part here, you prepare a table, you anoint my head, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because God's doing it for his namesake. God said he was going to follow me with goodness and mercy, then he's going to follow me with goodness and mercy. If God said he loves me, then he loves me. That's why you can read uh, Romans chapter 8, the last few verses of it. And actually, let's just end the podcast with that. I'll just go over there and read this. Um, That's why you can read this Romans 8 section. Again, this is very classic Bible. We're just hitting all the classics today. Classic Bible, you read towards the end, I think it's like 31 to the end. Yeah. It talks about all the goodness of God, what he did, how he sent his son. He's justified us. He's glorified us. He's predestined us. He's called us. He's done everything beforehand to prepare for our success. So then he says this in verse 31, what shall we say to everything that God has done? If God is for us, who can be against us? Again, classic Bible. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's chosen? It is God who justifies. Who's to condemn us? Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, he was raised, and he is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, or danger, or sword? For your sake we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, that is like polar opposites of everything, death and life, that is like the end of the spectrum on both sides, right? Nothing on any end of the spectrum. Nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right? That Why is Paul able to write those writings? Why was David able to go into the reality that God's goodness and mercy is going to follow us, the paths of righteousness, because there was an understanding of God's goodness that never came into the question, that never came, excuse me, into question. That reality then comes so much, um, I want to say, more alive in our new covenant than it was even in the old covenant. The old covenant, yeah, it kept it kept David in a lot of ways, and it really helped, you know, the, the Jews, the Israelites. God's goodness continually came back around to him, right? He kept him. There was things where he delivered him out of a lot of different things that they got themselves into. But think about in the new covenant, how much more we have where we no longer just have God on the outside, naturally, just the natural manifestation. But now he actually has indwelled within us through the seed of the spirit, which was planted when we heard the good news, believed on it and confessed on it. Romans 10 says those who believe, confess with their mouth, 
right? Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you know, that he is a ruler, that he was raised on the third day. Then there's the baptism that happens, the baptism of the Spirit, but also the baptism in water that Peter talks about being an appeal to God for a clean conscience, right? All of these things, the washing of the water, baptism, like all of these elements of things begin to start stacking up and showing, whoa, God is for us. He's prepared all of these things before us. And even more so in this better covenant, this amazing covenant through the blood of his son, Jesus, not just the blood of bulls and goats, which would only cover, but the blood of Jesus, which washes away completely. It's completely, um, I can't even hardly like wrap it in English. How amazing God is that he went before us and prepared such an amazing life, such amazing prosperity, posterity, prosperity, all these things he's prepared before us. God is for you. He's not against you. If you get anything out of this podcast, just know God is so for you. He is so, so, so for you. And, and I heard it said this. I heard it said this way once. And this is something that really has helped uh, my heart. It's something that I continually remind myself that on your worst day, when you were the worst, most rotten, despicable, filthy, Um, angry, bitter, hurt, you know, whatever. That worst day where nothing was right, Jesus climbed on the cross for you. He chose you in that moment. It's like, yep, worth it. That is amazing that he saw through all the, the goofiness. And he was like, you know what, that's now's the time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna climb on that cross for you and took a sinner's death took every bit that I deserved so that I might live by faith through trust, through the spirit. I can live a life of prosperity and health and completeness just like he lived. Isn't that powerful? I just, that is some really, really good news. And, you know, this is the the simplicity of the gospel. It's God chose words to be the capsule for his power. That's how he did it. He chose, I mean, you read in Genesis, it says he made everything with his words, except for man, man, he formed from the dust, but everything else, galaxies, light, everything. He says he formed it with his words. He said, light be, and it was. So God, God even speaks some things into existence. He chose that to be the capsule to carry, to carry, to hold his power. So your words, they, they matter. The words of the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the red letters, the word of God, it's, it's rich in there. But you got to have some faith. You got to trust it. We got to trust it. We got we to gotta believe it, confess it, Romans 10. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of good things that this all connects to. So this podcast went a little bit longer than I was intending. I've been really trying to kind of condense these down, but there was just so much to talk about. So if you made it to the end, congratulations, you made it to the end of the podcast of the show. Give yourself a round of applause. Way to go. Way to go. Good job. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. You guys, um, God is so for you. He loves you. He cares about you. If you want to get in contact with me about anything about the show, any questions, um, anything you want me to talk about on the podcast, feel free to email spellmanministries at gmail.com. Again, all that's in the description of the podcast. If you look, it's all there. You can find it. Click one of those. There's Facebook link, Instagram link. 
um, website. All of those have ways to contact me and access me about anything about the show. So if you liked it, leave a review on the podcast. That always helps. Um, We'd appreciate it. Yeah, I think that's about uh, all she wrote for today. So thank you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Good to me.